everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch those we love and then rip them apart. We're back! We are, oh, and we are back. We're so back. Yeah, and didn't disappoint with the shenanigans. Oh, there were shenanigans. There were many shenanigans. (laughs) Too much to cover, and I feel, yeah, I... Whatever we say is going to be inadequate. So yeah, I mean, set your bars low, ladies and gents. Set your bars. <laughs> and to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. Riverdale is in chaos after Hiram's prison break. Archie volunteers to round up the rest of the escaped convicts along with Sheriff Keller, Kevin, Fangs, and Uncle Frank. Reggie and Veronica join the effort too after a rare blue opal is stolen from her jewelry store by two ghosts of Riverdale past, Darla and Dodger Dickinson. These two thugs are joined by Ted, a third obscure character no one expected to see again, and the three of them kidnap Hiram, Sheriff Keller, and Governor Dooley in an attempt to shake down Hiram for his palladium. After a surreal fight scene at the El Royale, Archie's A-team defeats the criminal masterminds and Veronica gets her opal back. Side note, Archie has refused to continue hooking up with Veronica until her divorce with Chad is finalized and we love that journey for him. Penelope Blossom creates the Church of Jason for reasons. Tabitha and Betty team up to find Jughead who went missing after his maple mushroom trip. They enlist the help of Jess, Jughead's ex, and she turns out to be less than helpful. She drugs Tabitha and Betty in order to steal Jughead's manuscript and promptly leaves town. Fortunately, Jughead is alive and recuperating from injuries with the help of yet another character from Riverdale's convoluted past. Jughead is convinced that the key to unlocking his trauma is in New York, and the episode ends with Jughead hitchhiking on a truck headed for the city, which may not be the best idea considering current events. Uh, Do you want to start with anything? (sighs) No. Because you say it's that all the time. No, because honestly, I mean, where do you? Where does one start? I don't okay. I'll start know. with my initial complaint. Okay. Which is we pick up as if nothing from the last episode happened, except for the prison break. I guess I don't know. I I just and even that was very lax in the response to it. Like, all right, we'll get a crew together. Okay, remote learning. Dup chop chop. Yeah, like, why nothing? did Alice say back to remote learning as uh, though they've been doing remote learning? I mean, I guess only because they barely have a staff. It's just that's all I that was a weird of. thing. I, I mean, that's granted, my first note. <laughs> and they're back to school night, or they're meet the teacher. Only two teachers meet were the involved. Teacher. <laughs> we're only like two teachers involved, so it didn't even. Well, it's still just Archie and Kevin who are uh, surveying the damage to Riverdale High School, so they're still the only two teachers who give a shit, right? Or because everybody else has other plans, right? Well, and then here's my issue. Going back to the thing that I started saying, which was it feels like nothing of consequence happened in the last episode because we start on a fresh page with like pretty much everybody because Veronica is just back in Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Even though she the last time we saw her, she was telling Archie she was going to have to stay in New York to work some things out. Now she's back in Riverdale at her jewelry store with her blue opal and trying to make sales and shit. And it was like, wait, Hold on. Wasn't there a catastrophic conversation about Chad's shady dealings in the last episode that we should probably address? Right. If they didn't give us a recap in the beginning, I would have forgotten a lot of shit that happened. Also, if we didn't do our recap last week, I would have forgotten for that. Thank God for us. Thank God for us. Everyone get down on (laughs) you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, like. She briefly mentions it. Yes, it's a very throwaway comment. Like, oh, yeah. She's like, I need this opal to take care of these shady dealings. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, okay, Smithers heard you, but I guess we'll get into that later. And so quick to dismiss it after hearing about Riverdale High getting, like, torched 
it's it's very uh it's just so she weird. runs to archie immediately too like as if he well, died in a fire what else is she gonna well, do right, right. <laughs> but it's like you even said to me too we have to give archie props with this whole I thing i can't believe this this his restraint is the is... most shocking thing I have seen yeah. on Riverdale in a long time. Never in a million years did I think that Archie would be able to say no to Veronica and tell her, you know, I'm going to wait until you're done divorcing Chad before doing anything with you. Like, right. What? Who is this Archie? Right. Like the one who's very quick to just give in to any type of temptation or pressure right. or anything like to see him actually have a backbone. Granted, not the most important important scenario that he needed one for yeah but it was a surprising you know semi character development on his part and such a relief to me because i do not want to see archie and veronica yeah together. i didn't need that a, that quick like oh my god hook up i, I didn't want to yeah see, like, I, I was that. not about it yeah i was hoping that we wouldn't have to deal with it and now it seems like we won't and god i mean are we being optimistic that this is going to continue if it does, it won't be for long. Something, uh, something. I think that divorce will go through suddenly, right, th- very right. quickly. That'll happen immediately somehow. But they have to keep it around for the drama aspect. So I'm kind of hoping we get some mileage out of this. Yeah, I, and I don't think we've seen the last of Chad either. I would think not. Right. But we should have seen him in this episode. We should not have picked up with Veronica being back in Riverdale already. We should have seen how that shook out the rest of their like how she made it back because why did she even make that comment to archie that in the last episode that she had to stay in new york to sort some things out did mm-hmm. she sort anything out why did she have to be Probably there not. i mean she could have just come straight back to riverdale if she was gonna do that in the first place right. so that annoyed me and then in a similar vein kevin and fangs are working together like nothing ever happened and there's no tension Nobody addressed it. No, and Fangs is looking mighty fun. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) But that bothered me, too, because it's like, um, that was a huge deal. And that was like an arc in an episode. Like, that was a whole premise of an episode. Yeah. And it wasn't the kind of thing, I mean, that you could bounce back from so quickly. There would have to be a conversation because... Kevin never told Fangs his problems with his sexuality and and the struggles he was having coming to terms with that. He never had that conversation with him. So Fangs, for all intents and purposes, has no idea why Kevin moved out and broke off the engagement, presumably. I guess he never really said that explicitly, but, like, it was implied. Right. Pretty clearly. So... But they're just working it's together as if there and was it's totally t- fine. It's as if there was a time jump without being a time jump. Y- yeah, but but even so... We don't know how any of it got resolved. No, of course not. And that's why I'm saying, like, there's somewhat of a time jump there where it's like, even though there wasn't, it's directly after. But the way it can be perceived is as if half the shit didn't even go down and we're just, it's a fever dream. Right. And This whole show is a fever dream. Oh, God. Tell me about it. So, uh, I mean, those, <laughs> I feel like I came in hot with the things that were really pissing me off. But now I don't. Oh, the other thing that bothers me is... I mean, there are a lot of things that bothers me. Let me just <laughs> state that for the record. Let's but, break them down. Uh, yes, I would really like to talk about Penelope's ministry. First of all, I really hope this doesn't encourage singing in every episode. Oh my god, Dawn, you know how I feel about singing in any Oh, episode. I wanted to corrupt. My ears were bleeding. I, <laughs> I, I to just don't. Myself. I don't understand why 
again, I get it's like a ministry and I get it's supposed to be church and you know, whatever. Yeah. and whatnot. But like, again, I really hope this doesn't encourage there to be no, that's some not type what of this number show in every, is. It's not Glee. Let's no. stop it right yes, now. Yes, that that's what I put in my notes. I was like, is this fucking Glee right now? Why are we singing Although in this the episode? only thing I liked was how the music played out for, which we'll get into, Betty and Tabitha's trip. Yes. I yeah, I I'll think that, I think that, that. worked right. Like that worked well with that scene, but we didn't need Penelope and Cheryl singing for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Or that right. those two were intertwining scenes. Or any singing really. Right, but yeah, like cool. they could have just played the song and let us fill it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I hated that a lot. So we have to talk about this ministry. I guess it's based around Jason. Which can we stop? When is the Jason ship? I barely end? got started. Dawn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but yeah, we could stop. The name triggers me only because the kid's fucking dead. Could we stop? It has been for a while. When when we saw the actual actor, I was like, "Damn, bro! Like we have not seen you in a minute." And he never has to speak. Could we just talk about that? Yeah, what a sweet gig he's got. Right? He, just he just shows just up on to, set like, for smile, a day, barely. Creepily. Wear some red, dye his hair an awful color, and he's set. <laughs> yeah, it Sorry, was... Sorry, I had to just get that No, I, this whole thing bothers me because it's so similar to the farm. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl has obviously been taken in by it. And I think I actually even said this in not our recap, but the last episode that we did. She's in a very vulnerable place to fall prey to something like this. And going at it with the Jason angle definitely makes it easier for her to slip into that kind of thing. But we've done this before. Like, we literally just did this. And so I guess the thing we have to kind of focus on in order to not go insane is try to figure out why Penelope's doing it in the first place. Is it just for the money? I think it's for the money. It's I think it's the only thing that she's able to... I don't want to say fakingly go about doing because she seems to have some type of core belief after being in prison that like this is a legit thing for her to do like this is something like a calling and she was meant to be doing this so I feel like money aside she might still in some capacity do something like this but I think right now it's primarily a money driven I don't think Penelope has any pure intentions for anything I think she probably sees everything as a means to an end because we know that, and this bothered me too, that she is up for early parole because of her ministry work in the prison. Right. So this could have just been a way for her to get out of prison faster. And now it's just a way for her to either make money or put herself in a position of power and influence. I can't wrap my brain around somebody who has murdered people like multiple people right (laughs) and emotionally abused cheryl for much of her life i just can't see that person suddenly finding you know most psychos do though like that's their shtick that they find some outlet that reforms them in a way that Maybe it's not okay most the, psychos. Well, not most, but, but like, some, I guess. You know, they say that something came to them and it's, you know, that's their. But I do wonder, I might be skipping ahead, but I do wonder if she is on the list of prisoners to get scooped up for the reward. Oh, 
Yeah, we don't get to see the list, and we have no idea how many people are on it or if she's on it. I mean, she made it sound like nobody was looking for her. Right. But I am curious, just because she's an easier one to fetch of all. <laughs> right. I mean, well, she's not even hiding. She right. She's putting herself out there and advertising that she's having these services at Thornhill. So my bigger question is if she's working with Hiram again, because we know that they have worked together in the past. They're both evil. And I don't know exactly how Hiram's interests could be served by a ministry. But uh, nothing surprises let's me. Let's not rule it out. Yeah. <laughs> that whole, I mean, they did bring, you know, the governor into his whole palladium thing, which. I guess, was trying to account for the fact that Hiram wanted to build this prison in the first place. Like, are we supposed to believe that the Riverdale writers knew from that season where Hiram wanted to tear down the other school and build this prison instead, that he was doing it because there was a palladium mine underneath? Or was this retconned? Did they suddenly decide now, like, oh, you know what we should do? We should write about how there was a palladium mine where Hiram built it. I think it was an afterthought. Yeah. I think you're probably right, but it does kind of like neatly explain why he wanted that prison built so badly. I don't know. That seems like giving them a lot of credit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But yeah, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I didn't even know who Governor Dooley was. Have we ever met Governor Dooley? There's a lot of people in here that I was like, Ooh, who's yeah. like, okay, if we did see him, when and why are they coming back? Like, why? We had a lot of blasts. A great many throwbacks in this episode. It was wild. I always, I will always remember Darla and Dodger. And when they popped up, I was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" The best part of that whole thing, first of all, Veronica's in her store and she's got the opal. Yes, and she's talking to her buyer, and there's a knock at the door. And she doesn't even think twice and bosses nope, them yep. in. What's the point? What is even the point of having that? And then the funny part of it all was that she literally goes, Darla and Dodger from Thanksgiving seven years ago. <laughs> like, it was just such a specific, like, recollection yes. that I was like, wow, wow. Yeah, you couldn't even, right. like, hit them with disguises or something to make it a little more, like... Who are these people and why are they back? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm honestly more impressed that she was able to pull seven years out of her butt. The idea that, like, I could see somebody and make the connection that, oh, right, I saw you in this year and that is this many years from now. Like, unless, unless it was some, like, really significant year, you'd still have to do some math to figure out how right. long it's been since you've seen them. The way that she pulled seven years out so quickly, like, she barely even recognized them. And then she's like, wait, no, it was definitely seven years ago. Like, and I wouldn't have been surprised what? if she tacked on more, like, oh, from seven years ago at Thanksgiving at the El Royale because yeah. of this like just kept giving us like details the exposition to right. remind us why we know these people like yeah no they're, they're not hard to forget but at the same time why are they back like it was just one of those like okay yeah now right it didn't say it, it reminded me um a little bit of when charles and chick showed up in mm-hmm. the pincushion man episode because that was very like oh you guys but we had seen them a lot more recently so this felt even more random. And then the only person who was more random than that was the Ted. other guy. Ted. <laughs> right. I 
keep wanting to call him Tim for some reason. Which they give us the flashback, but what was that even from? I'm very confused about that. Oh, uh, okay. So I should have gone back to more detailed. Like, you didn't I really sh- have. To. I should have gone back to just give more context to it. But do you remember Uncle Frank had this army buddy who came back? And yes. he was kind of like a mercenary at this point and yes. was trying to like get Uncle Frank to do or do some stuff and then they needed to kill people involved so nobody would talk or whatever. He was like, he was a dirty Right, that was around the time that we dude. realized like, oh, new characters <laughs> are bad. <laughs> are always bad. Always bad. Yeah, so okay. yeah, it was something around that. I'm not describing it well. And but that was him? Yeah. Now, the bathroom scene, though, with Archie, Mm -hmm. was with that whole scenario? Yes, because, yeah, because Archie knew too much or something, or he, like, he, I think maybe, because didn't he help Uncle Frank capture him, and then maybe he, like, escaped or something, and then was really pissed? I... (laughs) There was a thing. Yeah, no, I, a I know what you thing. mean. And, okay. like, none of it's really important. It only explains why we know this person, but it doesn't really explain any motivations or, like, why. No, you're just bringing us. Yeah. It's like they want us to look at the screen and be like, oh, my God, remember him? Like, but yeah. I don't. It's I like really they have a whole much. wall of their tertiary characters and they just throw a dart to be like, who's going to come back for this role? It was stupid. And then, actually... There was one more throwback. We didn't ever actually meet that character, but Jughead. Doc. Doc. Yeah. I, but I forgot that they story. Gave, well, they gave us the full scene. Thank so, God. So obviously, like, if you didn't know before, now you know. But yeah, that was that was something where I was like, God damn, they're really going into the vault to pull out these weirdos and just random. And then please thoughts. let me know when we decide to talk about Jughead, because I have questions. We can talk about him now. <sighs> Why is he just staying on Sketch Out? Like, mm-hmm. why is he staying there? Why hasn't? Why didn't he call anybody sooner to be like? Don't I mean, he worry. doesn't have his phone. He's a dick bag. Yeah, but like, he could have gone to a payphone. He's in Sketch Out. He's still in Riverdale. But that's what he's I'm saying. On the why other is he side staying there? Like, he's poor and like can't, <laughs> or like he's doc. Like, yeah. is he subconsciously trying to make up for that? Yeah. And then we didn't realize it until it was introduced and brought back and telling us and. Him having to be one-on-one with the guy in order to kind of... Well, okay, so let's go through it chronologically. So so when we catch up with Jughead, he's, like, warming his hands on a burning trash can. Again, not poor, could obviously. go home. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, you know, just, like, why is there a burning trash can? But anyway, and then these businessmen come out and fuck with him and start beating him up, and somebody saves him, and it's this doc person. He wakes up... And Doc is caring for him. He realizes that he knows this guy. He has saved his life before, basically. And Doc says something like, oh, you need antibiotics. Like, I have a friend who's going to, like, run into town and get them for you. Blah, blah, blah. And Doc is just, like, recovering from his injuries. And I'm assuming we don't ever know. I'm assuming he pulled his hands from the hand from the handcuffs. Right. But, like, that's not really directly addressed. Maybe that's some of his injuries that... Doc was referring to. And then after that, he recovers enough and then he saves Doc from getting the shit the kicked same out exact of thing. Yeah, the same scenario. It's like all very <sighs> too perfect in terms of Jughead's redemption arc in that particular case because he feels guilty. And I also hate that whole cliche. 
not even cliche, I just don't know why it's a thing, of, like, rich businessmen beating the shit out of poor people. Or like yeah, just bums. for shits and giggles, because, I, I, I mean, I don't know if that happens a lot, but it... Like, I don't know what it is, like, even, like, for an example, and it made me think of it only because I watched it again recently, but in American Psycho. You ever watch it? Yes. Okay, well, you know the part where he goes to the bomb and beats the shit out of him? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, yeah. that, I mean, in that particular movie, he's just a psycho. Uh-huh. Got it. But... That seems to be some type of weird thing that people put as fillers in movies or shows, and I don't understand why that needs to exist. Right. Like, and, yeah, these people are innocently just alone. Right. And there wasn't anything, like, it, there was no indication that anything Jughead said really offended them. Right. Like, and these guys <laughs> came out the back alleyway? Like, why are you even coming? The whole thing was just strange. I don't yeah. understand why that has to be incorporated in storylines like that. But... It was a weird scenario. I, I mean, I was just annoyed that, like, Jughead didn't make any other effort to get in contact with anybody to, like, let them know that he was okay. He's such a selfish piece of shit sometimes. It's very Well, annoying. I mean... Talk about selfish piece of shit. We finally heard the voicemail. Ooh, yes. Um, this was a big letdown for me. I was not thrilled with it. I mean, it was nothing. It wasn't anything. It wasn't anything. It was nothing. <laughs> it was, was nothing we didn't already know. No. And I was a little pissed at um, there was a slip up in a continuity issue. Oh, yes. Tell me about this. You had mentioned it the night we were watching. And then I was like, I'm going to wait and ask you about this when we're doing the pod. I felt super smart that I actually picked up on it because it's such a quick detail. Okay. But Betty's like, oh, he left me a voicemail about two years ago. Yes. In the voicemail, he's bitching about her and he goes, you were the same bitch like you were seven years ago. Oh. So it means it had to have been five years ago. When he left the voicemail, right? They saw each other. Unless he thought she was a bitch seven years ago and just continued to date her. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But I mean, they love to throw out the seven year time jump. So that's why it was like, she goes, Oh, he left it around two years ago. And then he clearly states, like, Oh, when you cheated on me with Archie Mm -hmm. seven years ago, which was their last, them graduating high school. Right. Yeah. So that was a weird time issue, and I was like, huh, weird that you should have picked up on that, Riverdale yeah. people. <sighs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, that that whole thing bothered me because I really thought that there was going to be something more they made it to that voicemail, mo- yeah. but it's literally anything we already knew about how Jughead felt about that breakup, right. but it still pisses me off that he's so damaged by this thing that happened to him seven years ago dare i say it's just uh it's so stupid it really is so dumb it was kind of weird because i didn't i i was ready to hate jess and and i just kind of didn't because i thought the three of them their dynamic was fun oh it was great and i think that's why she ended up admitting to them what telling they did. Her, telling them. i mean what was she gonna do wait for them to pass out in the and then diner steal it and leave but like <sighs> no i think she was gonna get them back to the bunker and then oh yeah well see so, you know this is my thing so do we believe that she wanted the manuscript because she wanted to know what jughead wrote no i think she wants to steal it someone predicted something like this <laughs> in a <laughs> and prior it, I mean, episode <laughs> um what's the word i'm looking for it's not coming to me plagiarize thank you <laughs> yeah mm, yeah that was a uh, sketchy and I think- 
(laughs) (laughs) And I think they tried to allude to it, too, because she then she did tell them that during her time with Jug, like she was a writer, too. And his Mm -hmm. behavior just made it hard for them, hard for her to stick around because, you know, but he was annoying piece of crap. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that was interesting. But I didn't pick up on it until she revealed that's what she was doing. (laughs) Mm, Right. Even though I was suspicious of her, the way that she was kind of, I don't know. I think it was because I was also a little bit annoyed with Tabitha for leaving Jughead alone for so long when she Mm. knew that he was going to be like kind of out of his mind. So then when when Jess was on the phone with them and she was like, oh, amateur, not right, like, like I saw Diana girl him. was supposed to stay with him. Yeah. So like that kind of cracked me up a little bit because I was like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you do this? And the, I don't know, their interactions were a little less catty than I expected them to be up until the point in the diner where she was like, mm, maybe you shouldn't cheat on your boyfriends and stuff. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hang on there. I mean, true, but slow, right. slow your roll. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to talk about was when Tabitha was talking to Betty, she said that Jughead rebuffed an advance he made on her. And that's when he said, when he accused her of being like Betty, did he make an advance on her? Remember. Like, I don't recall, like when he was tripping. So I'm, I'm like trying to replay the scene. And I honestly, I meant to rewatch it. And then I forgot. I do remember him saying that to her, though. Yes, I remember that line and I picked it out because I hated it so much and it was so rude for yeah. him to say that. But I didn't think that what happened leading up to that. He had to, to have been that, either drunk. Well, he was, he was definitely tripping on the shrooms when he said oh, okay. it. okay. So but it wasn't like I after don't, the key party I, or something. But I don't think she said, he said anything to her like, oh, like, let's hook up and get naked. or Like he didn't do anything. No, I think she was just kind of like had to have been. Just turned off by... She was being sort of a buzzkill. Yeah. Which is fine. But then when she told this story to Betty, she was like, yeah, he made a pass at me. And I was like, wait, did he make did a pass? He? I don't remember that. The only pass I remember was the kiss they had. And then, like, that was it. So, I don't know. That was weird to me. I wrote that down because I was like, what? Did I miss something? <laughs> the other thing in the Jughead storyline that's weird to me, apparently, so based on that voicemail, Jughead implies that he wrote Betty as, like, an evil character in his novel to show, right. like, how terrible she was. But we don't, I I feel like that's not the impression we have of their, of that book, because Cora, that girl who blackmails him in yes. the very first episode of The Time Jump, says that it was, like, a really sexy story, the, you know, Serpent King and the cheerleader or whatever right. it was. But I also feel like that book, a lot of people were disappointed with their portrayal in it. Yeah, well, the serpents brought that to his attention, mm-hmm. that they were unhappy with how they per- were portrayed. And I guess we don't know if Betty read his book or not, but nobody has ever said, yo, do you feel awkward about the way that Jughead wrote right, about like you in his nobody, book? Right, like even the serpent. Like nobody's really said anything to yeah. her. And she's never alluded to being told that or... Or that she's read it herself. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I found that kind of odd because it it didn't seem like that was the impression of the book that we were getting, that it was just like a a hate piece about Betty. (laughs) So, okay, I I would like to read it myself. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah, he decides that the only way to process his trauma is to go to the scene of the crime, which is New York City. And then, like a fucking idiot, he tries to hitchhike on the lonely highway. And a truck pulls over and he gets in. Is he getting into the the bad truck? I feel like they would have showed us that. There's no skeleton on There's the no front. There's no skeleton on the front. 
And that's how I identified the evil truck. Right, the evil truck. <laughs> the skeleton with the glowing red eyes. And it wasn't that. So I don't know if they were just trying to tease us. Could it be Betty? <laughs> with her smart food popcorn? I would die. Because first oh. of all, how did she get a semi to just have and park? Exactly. And like Maybe she borrowed one from Fangs or something because they all drive trucks now. But, yeah, and, and also to drive it because, like, you need a CDL license to drive a truck. Oh, but so. in Riverdale, do we need anything yeah. ever? No, no, we don't. We just do whatever we want. She, like, looks the part and I can't handle mm-hmm. Investigator Betty. I can't. And it just really cracks yeah, me up. Yeah, BT Dubs, I bought smart food popcorn at the store today. <laughs> I mean, it is the best popcorn. I've had a craving ever since the episode. If smart food would like to sponsor our podcast, I would be open to that. Absolutely. Yeah, so I personally don't think that Jughead is in mortal danger in that truck. No, I think they're just trying to. They were trying to fuck with us, which I don't appreciate. Nope. But fine. Can we talk about Archie's Matrix-style moves? Oh, the flying punch that, like, did things to me. I really enjoyed that. whole that. scene, though, just how they came in from the ceiling. Oh, it was stupid. And it was so acrobatic. You know what pissed me off? So they, you know, Veronica. Okay, we have to back up. So yeah. Darla, Dodger, yeah. and Ted are all conspiring to hold Hiram, Governor Dooley, and Sheriff Keller hostage to get at Hiram's Palladium. And Veronica negotiates and says, okay, we'll give you the palladium. I want my blue opal back. Which, can I just say, this whole episode, I felt like the blue opal was the fifth core character. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the way why... it was talked about is just wild. That's why our signature cocktail tonight was yes. a uh, an original recipe called the blue opal. <laughs> and it was delicious. It was delicious and blue. Mm-hmm. So they're talking. So Veronica is negotiating with ted and is like all right fine i will come i will bring the palladium and he's like come alone and she was like okay even though archie's like no don't go and then she hangs up the phone she's like okay so like what's the real plan and then and then archie tells them what the real plan is gonna be and i feel like it would just would have been better as like a stylistic device to just cut from that scene because we know that obviously she's not gonna go alone right but we didn't need to know and archie's like well I installed a new roof so we can jump in through the roof Batman style and just kick everybody's asses and we just need 30 seconds. And and then as we watch the scene play out, she's like, well, that's 30 seconds. And then, yes, they do jump yes, in through they- the roof Batman style. And it's like, well, we knew this was all going to happen. So all the suspense is out right, of it. Right, and the music in the background. Oh, the, the song, music. It was just kind of like, good. I hated how they used that for three scenes. Yeah, it didn't work. It, it didn't work for the fight scene. I didn't like it. I did like the flying punch, though. I, I will say it again. It was it hilarious. did like the flying punch. Oh, the only thing I wanted to point out was just how after they managed to, you know, save Hiram and Governor Dooley and all that and Sh- Sheriff Keller and get the opal back. Archie and Veronica are sitting at Pops and they're having <laughs> a conversation. And just the way they're talking, it felt like those shows where it's like, and I put an example of, like, Scooby-Doo only because it was like, oh, the case of the whatever wrapped up. Yeah, it just seemed like one of those, you know, wrap up a detective story episodes of any type of detective show. I don't know. It was just very corny to me. I, I thought you were going to mention that 
it was very horny because Veronica was like, "Well, that so too." This whole she wanted to jump across not the having table. Sex thing is that still a thing? <laughs> and I thought, I thought for sure Keep Archie was then. gonna fold. <laughs> I thought for sure because the first time felt like a fluke. As if that blue <laughs> opal was an aphrodisiac or something. Seriously, I mean, get over it. But yeah, I thought, I thought that's why you were bringing that up. No, it just seemed very campy to me where it was like, you know, oh, well, now that we got the opal back and this and that, we could do this, that and the other. Like, it was just very, like, weird. I don't know. I, but it's, I they wrapped up everything just because she got the opal back. Like, no, there's way other, like, way more things to worry about now, but okay. Yeah. We didn't really talk about Reggie and, like, Reggie's involvement in recovering the Blue Opal because it was pretty minor and we're about to get a lot on Reggie in the next episode. And a lot on Hiram. Yes, which, like, I'm totally fine with. I am prepared to cringe a little bit at the way that they do the flashbacks. Yeah, it's an interesting character to do a... Backstory, backstory for. on. Yeah, well, considering that we really uh, like, we haven't even gotten a backstory or a flashback on Kevin, who's having all these right problems now. I would like that, or of Tony, like the people mm-hmm. that seem to be slightly more involved. But uh, it is always kind of interesting to do villain origin stories, yeah. so to see where, why perhaps Reggie is doing what he's doing. I mean, he basically told us that he is trying to make up for his father's debts but there's probably more to it than that yeah so and he still has a heart a little bit because he did help them yeah i don't think yeah i don't think he's a bad guy and he has to try to just dick around like when Hiram's around yeah and he honestly was never treated very well by the core four and just anybody anybody in the mainstream of riverdale so i honestly don't blame him i think that he really had no choice but to go right. Where... I think he, he weirdly found his calling, even though yes. it's for a different reason. Right. But... Even yeah, even though he's doing like shady shit, I think that <laughs> that seems to be him. seems to be working for him. And I think he probably feels more respected by Hiram than he ever felt by anybody mm-hmm. at Riverdale or you know what's going on in in that community. Quick random thing. Mm-hmm. It's so annoying that they keep trying to take down Riverdale High School, and. Honestly, why don't they just burn the place to the ground? I mean, we know they're capable of fires. <laughs> right. That's their thing. And Archie was like, oh, it'll just take at least three, three weeks. Three weeks. Which, you know, there was lots of damage. Or, you know, I, we only saw one hallway, so we really don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> everything else is totally fine. But the point is, like, they can fix that building and get it operational in right, a month like you didn't or really so. didn't really do anything. Just burn the thing to the ground, and now you have some time because what like they would have to rebuild it literally from scratch so i don't understand why they're just like fucking around doing a half-assed vandalism attempt but that's the way that they're going with it yeah i think it was it was probably supposed to be like a scare tactic like don't want to kill anybody but yeah but that was what the i don't know i feel like they've been doing that for a while now so they need to like step up their game if they really want to stop them but i still don't really get why it matters so much to Hiram that the high school is a thing it's probably the last like standing threat of riverdale like landmark you know what i mean i guess but who cares right it's just a bunch of kids and like two teachers yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> like how big of a threat could it possibly yeah, be? Yeah, we don't we haven't seen Betty in shop class in months or nope. Veronica in an economics class for a long time. Jughead is going back to New York, so who's English teaching his exist class either? Oh. We're back to headaches, guys. We're back to We're headaches. We're so back. So happy. One more thing. <laughs> the news report when they were interviewing Hiram about the prison break and stuff, they called him a local philanthropist. And I oh. wanted to die. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's Hiram. Definitely a man of the people and for the people. All right. Philanthropist is absolutely, yep, yep. That's the first name I think of. So, yeah, so next week we do Hiram and Reggie backstory, mm-hmm. which will be interesting, I think. I'm not sure when the Pussycats are supposed to show up. I um, think it's the one after that. Okay, I was going to say, it would be kind of weird if it was the same one, because it doesn't seem like a time for singing and dancing. But no. then again, this episode didn't seem like a time for singing or dancing either. No. I didn't add anything to my murder board because nothing of consequence happened in relation to any of the plots that we care about. No, and clearly next week we're not going to get much of that either. Ugh. I just, what a waste of time. (laughs) I want to solve problems. Ugh. Okay, well, whatever. We'll be back next week anyway with the next episode of Riverdale. And I'm hoping it's a little bit better than this one a little juicier yeah this yeah this felt very lean in terms of relevance so here's hoping and until then that's end game. <laughs>